0: About engaging in life in good ways and things in order to create the life of your own design. In today's episode, we talk about the power of our minds, to seek out to confirm our reality through recognizing the patterns and see all around us. We build reality around our belief systems. Our belief systems make it easier to navigate through life by helping us create mental shortcuts so we don't have to figure out life every day. These beliefs and shortcuts are reinforced and made stronger through the patterns in our life. Interestingly, the patterns reinforce the beliefs, and the beliefs cue us to recognize the patterns in our life. We talk about our personal experiences in managing our beliefs and seeking out the patterns in life that reinforce the world we want to live in. It might sound a little woo-woo, but take a listen and decide for yourself. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 7. Episode 7 of Keep Showing Up. This episode is called Pattern-Seeking Belief Machines. And what that means, (laughs) listeners, is that as a human being, you have a belief system. And your belief system is kind of your sanity. It helps you make sense of the world. And what you believe is your world. And it makes it easier for our brains to get through the day and figure out what's going on. And attached to that is the fact that we see patterns. Those patterns help us make sense of what's happening around us. If we had to figure out every little thing that was happening, that's just too much information. We would be inundated with data, couldn't figure it out, so we have some shortcuts, heuristics. We use our belief systems, and we look for the patterns that support those belief systems. On the one side, that's great for keeping you as a human being alive. On the flip side is doesn't really give you much room to change. For our new listeners, there are four of us. I'm Greg Gabis, and with me is...
1: Valerie
0: Valerie and I also have on Skype
1: Justice Winsley and Edward Davis
0: I know justice uh, justice is a good friend and a former co-worker and Ed is my brother and Val's my significant other just uh, three smart people that understand these ideas and have a different perspective a different take on all of them and I've learned a lot in just these episodes we've done but I've also learned a lot with these folks in my life. So we're going to get into this concept of pattern-seeking belief machines, and for me, the what it really means is I recognized, uh, it's been a while, but I recognized that with that pattern-seeking of beliefs, wow, we spent a lot of time confirming our reality. If I believed a certain thing, I would look for the pattern to confirm it. Whether that belief was helpful for me or not was irrelevant to finding the patterns that supported it. So that could get me stuck like for example a belief that the world's away oh you gotta work hard or life is hard i had some beliefs wrapped around the idea of things being difficult or hard my brain would be looking for patterns to point that out to me and i would find myself struggling and i would feel a way about that but i was kind of stuck because i believed that's the way life was life was a struggle so If I wasn't struggling, I probably wasn't living. So it's kind of a weird way, right? You get this belief, and you start thinking away, and then I created my patterns of hard work, physical labor, or life was difficult, and I couldn't get ahead because that's what I believed, and I would see these patterns and engage with these patterns. This must be the way it is. And over time, I kind of realized, heck, I don't want it to be that way. I need it to be some other way. And going into some other way, life is easy, or maybe there's abundance that that was hard to support in the beginning because i was looking for other patterns but over time as my beliefs change the patterns i sought changed i started to find them and it becomes reinforced so specifically for me it was finding a way of life being hard to life being easier or scarcity mindset over to abundance mindset and when i look through life as abundance mindset i start seeing patterns of abundance like for example i mean just in my everyday life i have access to running hot water i mean that's pretty amazing in the course of humanity that that i have access to that if i had had a belief that things were difficult i wouldn't really consider that as part of the pattern of abundance but now that i do i i find those things kind of sticking out and for the listeners i just want you to kind of as we go through these next minutes think about the belief systems you have what patterns you're finding to support them the next level is well Is that helpful? And then the third level, which we'll dig into near the end is, well, how do I go about changing that? Val, we've talked about this Mm -hmm. over time here and it kind of, I think we've had some good conversations about it and some aha moments of, wow, like it's almost feels like you could be stuck sometimes. So what do you think when we talk about pattern seeking belief genes that we humans are?
2: The first thing I think about when you first started describing the communications class that I taught. We did a unit on cultural diversity and stereotyping and biased language and, you know, things like that to make people aware of it. That was when I first realized that a lot of people aren't aware of their own biases, their own prejudices. And we all have them, and I can remember doing those experiments with my students because they're like, no, we're not like that. But, you know, and I told I said, we all were trained to stereotype. Like, that's how human beings develop. Like, we have to make shortcuts. We have to have heuristics. It's the reason why when you're an infant, if you see round things bounce and then you're handed an apple... That's why when people are like, why, to t- why did the toddler throw the apple or the egg on the ground? It's like, well, because they see a pattern and things that are round get thrown on the floor and they bounce. Whatever it might be, things like that. If something's red, that means it's hot. It doesn't mean it's hot, but we learn that, right? Right. So just like with the stove, you know, it's like when the stove is black, you can, it's it's okay to touch. When the stove is red, don't touch it. It's hot. And so I think that that's the first thing that I think about was trying to help young people start to recognize that we do all we all stereotype. We all prejudge, which is what prejudice is. We all have bias. It's, it's impossible not to have bias and be a human being. It, it's, it's just impossible. So I guess the next step in the conversations we've had about it is that's where the metacognition comes in. you got to be aware of your own prejudgments, your own biases, your, the things that you stereotype or think. And so I think that's where it begins as you, its it, which I don't, guess we've done this topic, but I guess the topic I would have is question everything.
0: Okay, right, <laughs> and you put a few things together that we have talked about. Mm-hmm. Question everything, challenge authority. Where did the idea come from? And I like some of the points you made too about round things bounce, so a toddler will throw a round thing to see what happens because the toddler is establishing patterns to recognize. Patterns. I'm glad also that you mentioned The biases and the prejudging, the prejudice, because of the shortcuts, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, these things fit into a pattern and of my belief systems. And if I don't question them, if I don't challenge the authority that created them, I just go down this path of belief, and it's supported by the patterns I'm always seeking. Right. And it's a closed loop that reinforces it.
2: Which is connected to habit building.
0: Which is connected to habit building, right?
2: Pavlovian. Yes. You know, the reason yes. the cat comes running from, they hear, it, whatever, you you know, you're opening a jar or can, you right. know, and the cat's like, oh, it's time to eat.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're getting into Skinner behavior yeah. there, right? <laughs> right. But it's connected, and that's why I think it's powerful, and I like having this, and I'm looking forward to hearing what Justice and Ed have to say, because... I think the key, too, on what you're describing is how people believe they're, just for a neutral way of saying, people believe they're cool. Man, I'm Mm -hmm. not a hater. I don't know if you're a hater or not. Sometimes you just got this belief from somewhere, and now you see a pattern that reinforces it. And I think that plays out in politics. And when we look at the political discourse right now, how much of that discourse is actually thinking about the ideas as they are today or are we just looking for the patterns we expect the other people to display, for example. So I think that's a good point to illustrate that, wow, this is deep. It applies on a lot of levels that we go through a lot. We as humans do a lot of different things to figure out our patterns and that that self-reinforcing loop makes it easier to think about life, which means you should think more about life. Don't
2: think so easy about life. Right, because you bring about what you think about. <laughs> bring about what <laughs> you so think And so you're going to bring about what you think about because we're pattern-seeking belief machines. So it's like if I believe that people are rude, then it's so weird. I encounter rude people all the time. If I believe people are kind and loving, magically I suddenly encounter kind, loving people all the time.
0: And I think that also goes back to last week's episode of it's all made up part of that is if this is what you believe you will seek out those patterns to reinforce it so if you change your mind about things you can see new patterns Mm -hmm. and those patterns can create that new reality you get to make that up so those are great points so uh justice how about we throw it to you
1: so for me what kind of sticks out just the, the title of this this episode the pattern seeking belief machine so first kind of what sticks out is that As Val said, we automatically have these prejudices and beliefs and things that we don't even recognize sometimes. So uh, the machine part of that statement is very true. We are machines in a way. Our brains are always, you know, always have these things going on, always the stuff swirling around in our heads uh, that really encourages or not encourages, but uh, influences the things that we do, how we interact with others, how we interact with ourselves with these Patterns that we see, being that we are human, those patterns might not be exactly accurate. One thought that I had is when interacting with people, it was already being said, you know, if you think you're going to be around negative people all the time, if you think everybody's rude, you're probably going to encounter those types of people because those are the patterns that you're looking for. Um, And so I think a big thing to remember is that sometimes we don't have all the information. Sometimes we get those patterns wrong. Those beliefs are brought about for the not accurately, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And it goes back to the kind of what we've touched on a few times, especially in it's a feeling, not a fact. It feels the way, but it might not be factual. And this kind of puts together a lot of what we've talked about of what we think is happening versus what is happening versus what we create to happen. It's automatic. It just happens. A machine just does what the machine does. It doesn't concern itself with right or wrong. And I think that also goes back to our the machine side of us at times where it doesn't consider right or wrong. It just follows the program and we can become machine-like at times, which is great for efficiency and simplicity, but not necessarily the best way to get effective. And what are your thoughts on this concept?
3: My example is something that uh, I experienced once I started working in t- television and working in news production I'd always had a belief that the world was a good place. In general, people were good people. And then I go to this job where five or six hours out of my day was hearing all about the nasty crap that's going on five days a week, six days a week, whatever. Started seeing my view of the world become a, a little less glamorous, that people maybe weren't as good as I expected, or what I believed before that. It was really changing my uh, emotional state. I was a lot more depressed more often. Finally, stopped trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, you're listening to these same horrible news stories every day. It was someone's lost their house or someone's child has been taken and brutally murdered or whatever. Just you know, this horrible news all the time because that's what they talk about. That's their business. That it was just really bumming me out. Uh, as we uh, we've stated in previous episodes, I'm a very empathetic person. So especially when I had young kids at the time. So when I'd hear those stories, it got to the point where it just affected me so emotionally. There were times I had to, a couple times I had to actually walk out of the studio. Be like, I just need to be away from this for a minute. And it's really one of the main reasons I was a lot more willing to take jobs outside of that industry. Because while I loved what, I'd, what I was doing, that pattern of this horrible news day after day for hours at a time was changing who I was as a person. So I had to change that pattern because I didn't want to be. That's not how I wanted to live my life.
0: Question now, Ed, is, is the world a good place? Now that I
3: intentionally avoid the news most of the time, I, yeah, I believe that. I still yeah. still see horrible, there's still horrible people in the world, but I believe for the most part, people are good. That I'm not gonna let anything change. That. I'm gonna believe that, that's just, how I'm going to view the world because that's how I want. That's the world I want to live in. So even though there are many examples of where that's not true, I think that's the minority. I think for the most part, more people are good than not.
2: That makes me think about like, um, what is the? We often confuse significance with frequency. And so when somebody's a really horrible, evil per- person, that's incredibly significant, you know. And then that stands right. out. And it's like people do horrible things but you stop and think about the fact that every day we drive down the interstate, most people are driving on the right side of the road, the correct side of the road, right? Mm-hmm. People stop at red lights for the most part. I think there's way more evidence to show that people are mostly good, but it's as significant in our brains. We don't stop and think about the fact right. that, yeah. you know, that guy held the door for me. Wow, that's that's huge, but if that guy pushed me down as I was walking through the door, damn it, people are awful, you know? like. <laughs> Because that's going to be more significant than the fact that every time I go somewhere, there's a human being holding a door open for me.
3: I was going to say, as far as the frequency goes, one of the things that helped me get past that was just reminding myself in person from new, this horrible human being to others. There are 10,000 others who are not like that, that far outnumber. Mm-hmm. It was actually just a small piece of what was actually going on out in the world. There were people being kind and decent and generous. And probably far more examples of that going on that we just weren't talking about because that's not what the news does. Unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, the media uh, is out there and not bashing any media or anything, but you know they're making money off advertising. Most of the time, people want to hear the dramatic stuff. They want to hear the yep. bad and evil things that are going on. As pattern-seeking belief machines, we see these patterns that because the media feeds us this information, it can really. I mean, that's a great example. It really. Uh, and changes what our beliefs can be if we're not careful.
3: Well, as far as the news goes, you know, they have the saying, if it bleeds, it leads.
2: That's a thing? Yeah, that it is bleeds, a thing. If it bleeds,
0: it leads. Yeah, if it bleeds, mm-hmm. it leads. You got wow. it. Right, and, and so you guys make some good points, too. And so, listeners, a couple things to think about, and you can, it's not hard to find the research on these ideas of Skinner and behaviorism. B.F. Skinner, he's easy to find. Other folks out there, too, about How our minds work and the psychology behind it and we're bad at understanding risk and evaluating risk and what's real kahneman and Tversky kind of get into that too you can find out more from them even like i mentioned jordan b peterson he's you know check out his maps of meaning he kind of gets into this too especially early in that book that's really dense but frequency and significance significance is a big deal because if you if something is surprising or is unknown that's going to become significant And it's what we don't know that can hurt us the most.
2: I'm sorry, I have a perfect example of the frequency and significance. Sure. We teach our children all about stranger danger and so many parents never teach their children water safety or how to swim, yet more children drown every year than are abducted or killed by a stranger.
0: It's a perfect example and they're more at risk that from people they know mm-hmm. than they are a stranger.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But a stranger
0: is the unknown and insignificant. And so in your evolving mind, the way to keep you safe is I need to hedge against the unknown because the unknown can kill me. If it happens, frequency is easy to deal with because if it happens often enough, I can plan it for it. I can work against it. I can make plans against the stuff that happens all the time. But it's the weird, unusual stuff that gets my attention so that's why on the news generally people are going to tune into the unusual or significant things because that could kill me the news people aren't there for your edification the news people are there to generate revenue against people watching television and if you have that belief system that the news people are in the advertising business not the news business then when you look at the news you see the patterns of the things that promote advertising it don't you don't see the patterns of things that help you in your life a lot of stuff to unpack there on frequency significance why is that important to us in our brain why do we respond to significant things rather than frequent things heart disease is a big killer but we don't change your diet i mean the number one thing you can do to help with your heart disease is just eat a little smarter move a little more but because this frequency issue of i eat all the time but it's not significant to my heart health. I don't really do much. And right, so but you
2: don't see it immediately.
0: Right, you don't see it immediately because you don't recognize the pattern against the belief system. Right. It's not so directly related. So you end up making these very human choices that lead to these unwelcome outcomes that you would think you're smarter than. But this is another point too, listeners, because I know you all are smart. This isn't about smart necessarily. It's about... I can't think of everything all the time, and what do I believe, and what patterns do I recognize? Uh, we've hit this machine part. We've, that's
2: uh, what I was thinking about too, is that's part of it too, is we have to be aware of the automaticity of our own body, Right. like that things are going to get triggered, we're going to have certain emotions and things yes. based on experiences.
0: Yeah, and Ed gave a very salient example of this is how it really happened in a real person's life. Yeah sitting there doing a job of just, he did different things. I know you did the Chiron for some, right? You're the guy who did the words on the screen, right? So you have to pay attention. At some point, I did pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. So you're paying attention to the news so you can provide the other stuff that goes along with it. That's an important job. But it it had such an effect on you because you engaged with it that it started to change your belief system because of the pattern that you were witnessing that's kind of heavy duty and you realize this is not good for me i can't keep doing this so that's real people listeners real life it happens
3: it just a difficult situation for me cuz here on one hand was this job i absolutely loved doing the production work of it at the same time was just tearing me apart especially probably most when i was floor directing i was really paying a lot more attention to what was being said if i needed to throw in hey yeah, you know, we had, this is this or that is wrong. We need to get somebody to fix this. Spend a lot more attention to content than I was running a camera, where what's important to me is how the shot looks. But being a floor director and making sure anger's on top of what they need to be on top of, and the weather guy knows when it's his turn and how much time he had, and th- just things like that, content was a lot more important. And running the Chiron, especially because I had to make sure you know everything was spelled correctly, and so I'm in a lot of the details just being pushed into my brain, maybe not even recognizing the actual details at the time, but they were there later. Right. Making um, sure you, you spelled uh,
0: horrible murder correctly. Right. I mean, it's like,
3: <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you know, or, or you know, 70 year old drowned by his uncle or whatever, you know, just yes. these terrible things and they might not click at the time, but later on, you know, your brain still remembers that stuff brought on the, those feelings of this is such a horrible world we live in. I can't believe some of the things I have to go into here every day. So it took that joy of the job I did to something that actually pushed me to a depressive state. And it was a difficult situation or a difficult decision to make to you know I had to get away from it, even if it meant giving up something I loved doing on just because it, it was, I think, my feelings and my behaviors.
0: And that's a good point too on so, like, our last topic was complex and layered. Even this topic is complex and layered. You had a belief about what you wanted to do, which is production work. You had an engagement with that. But you also have a deeper belief about how you want to be as an individual existing in life.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, how wants, and how you wanted to see the world.
0: Right. So, an underlying belief of, I don't want the world to be a horrible place. Now something's got to be different. I need to seek something else out for me as i came to the understanding of the depth of pattern seeking belief machine that's why i see it as a machine because it just becomes automatic wow who's running this show who's operating this machine and that's important so listeners you're operating your machine and you get to choose some things justice do you have before we go into this other side of this of the choosing it and what patterns to seek and how we do that do you have anything else to add on the what your life has been like, or what patterns you've interacted with, or what patterns you've changed in your life to say, this is not the way I want it. I want to do something different.
1: I think for me, kind of in the same in the same realm as what Ed was saying, was, was playing music. I grew up playing music. That was kind of a, a dream of mine to be somehow involved in the music industry. As I played in bands and did different things in the field, kind of seeing the patterns that went on in that and some of the behavior of you know, stereotypical rock musicians things like that it, it kind of changed my beliefs for me my passion was the music and everything and uh, I just think really in any any field any aspect of life when you see others doing things for different reasons and you see these patterns that other people are, are carrying out and just patterns in life in general you have to be careful that it doesn't affect your beliefs I, I know is, I'm not being that clear on this but I'm having a hard time getting it out Maybe I need to come back to this. Maybe I need to think a little bit more on it.
2: Well, I'm just going to, so what it reminds me of, which uh, the, I guess it's Ben Franklin who has, the, if you lie down with dogs, you're going to expect to get up with fleas. What you surround yourself with starts influencing you because it becomes normal. So like mm-hmm. I've had to make choices in my life at times, friends that I've had that I love and, and care a lot about all they did was complain about everything and everything was so negative, And then it started influencing and I started noticing all the negative. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Like, you know, living in that, in that world and it's like what they value is different than what you value. And so you were having to decide.
1: Yeah. 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 So yeah. Thank you. That, that kind of helped. So yeah, basically just saying that other people's patterns can influence your beliefs. When you see that pattern going on, uh, like in in a newsroom, that type of setting, or like in music venues and things like that, you see those patterns before your eyes, you've got to be careful. It doesn't affect your beliefs uh, because, you know, it, it very much can because, I mean, with us being all pattern-seeking belief machines, you see these patterns, you seek them without knowing it. They do. They affect your beliefs. So I think for me, kind of the the solution was realizing that we're all individuals. Everybody makes up their own stuff what's going on in their life and that people can have different patterns for different reasons and come to the same belief or come to different beliefs and then you know there's a lot of different intersections there Mm
0: -hmm. and that's a a valuable and powerful point so a couple things too in what you've described is it is fuzzy it really is fuzzy on belief systems and that's why it was hard to get a handle on in the first place it's like well, i believe this and they believe that and i'm watching their behavior and i'm interpreting it through a lens based off my belief system but their belief the system is different so my lens might not even be accurate on that but i have this belief so the pattern i see with them and it starts to influence what i'm doing that's a good point and we'll continue on that on you know the strength of your belief and vision uh, because also what you said is music industry right you were interested in music but as you got into the music industry seems like it didn't match up with your belief system of how you want it to be. Okay, I want to do music, but I don't want to do that much industry because it seems dysfunctional and a little messed up and I might be vulnerable for somebody ripping me off or counting on somebody who's a little flaky and not showing up because they don't have the same exactly. belief system and I do. Hey folks, the people who make this lifelong career They suck that up and they deal with that part of it, of the industry side, and they deal with dysfunction or weird stuff because they have a belief that this is who they are and what they want to do. And that's totally cool.
2: Well, and to connect it back to what I said at the beginning, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. So, if you say something like the stereotypical rock star who drinks to get on stage and that, you know, or whatever, and parties hard and blah, 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 it doesn't mean that every rock musician does that. But there have been enough, and there, there's a pattern there that people mm-hmm. have seen enough that, that that has become a stereotype that we talk about. It's not right all the time. You have to be aware of what you believe. Oh, wow, it is it is sticky when you try to put it into words, isn't it? It
0: is sticky when um, you try to put it into words. That's why we're having this conversation yeah. because we have four different points of view so, so we can cause hash so out some of the words. Because it was so clear in my
2: head until I started saying it. But like <laughs> You have to be aware of your own beliefs and be able to hold on to them, but also recognize that when you expose yourself to different patterns or new patterns, that those patterns start to impact your own beliefs. Yep so you've got to you have to be aware of both sides of it what are you coming into something with and what are you walking away with i started noticing is uh i started wat- noticing there are certain television shows cuz with netflix and everybody binges and all that stuff i started noticing there are certain shows that if i would watch two or three episodes in a row i would be cranky after watching those episodes because maybe the content was a little bit darker or a little bit heavier or whatever and that was totally subconscious yeah it just all loops back to garbage in garbage out what we put into our you know what we put into our brains is what we put bring out in yeah
0: you got it so folks remember how interconnected we are how our social norms dictate what's appropriate behavior and so as we translate behavior through social norms belief systems recognizing patterns we start to fill in some blanks and as we watch somebody else it does have an influence on us and as we behave in a way, we have an influence on other people. Our culture is this dynamic thing that is, has a life of its own that exists through all of our combined interactions, minute after minute, day after day, moment to moment, with historic things kind of lasting, even if they outlast their usefulness and new things struggling to get started, but it's also dynamic we just influence each other all the time and that's kind of why I like to think of pattern seeking belief machine back to the machine nature so much is happening to you and your belief systems and your pattern recognizing systems that is normal and natural to be influenced so that we as human beings don't wander too far outside the the norm because if you wander outside the norm then you have chaos and if you walk into chaos then you have destruction if we're not always checking our behavior against each other that's way too much uncertainty that can get off the rails and this is just normal i'm only describing that not to as a, it's just the way it is the key here in this idea too is who makes up the rules like we've talked about that in a previous episode and what's the thing that makes the thing stand out and one thing i've learned in the past is it's the strong vision it's the strong vision that's the person who's crazy insane dedicated to creating their vision in this world who will probably be the most influential in their behavior and creating patterns because they have the strongest vision and it's harder to knock them out of that. So that's kind of a key thing here. So as we kind of, eva- we're, we've evaluated what does this mean? Where are we now in life? Understanding that we're susceptible to some of it, but we also have power of our own to influence in the other way. And it goes back to the point of this podcast of keep showing up because you're engaged in the world on the daily to create the life of your design now what?
2: Mm-hmm. How do we
0: take this idea and move forward with that?
2: One thing that you've taught me that's really helped be sort of like that red flag of is this just because I seek a certain pattern and that impacts my beliefs and that sort of thing. If I hear my brain <laughs> say to me you should blah 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 that word should has become a really good red flag for me because you taught me how to do that and it's that's my red flag that I go okay why do I think that? Yep. Because that's that's an indicator of there's a belief in here.
0: Right, that's a good point, point. and don't should yourself. That's an, a uniquely human thought process. Mm-hmm. Animals don't have shoulds. It's pretty binary for animals, and we're the ones with the should. And that's a great point, it's a red flag. I've used red flag concepts so that I can engage my metacognition, because that's what changes my life. It's like, if this happens, before I jump into what's this all about, the flag the metaphorical flag is when it's time for me to think so if I get angry getting anger is a useful emotion it's a very human thing when I get angry to me that's a flag say okay I'm angry because of something I think a way I feel a way and I explore that before I behave in a way that's not helpful nor might be dysfunctional and so the should is a good one Mm -hmm. for you right
2: Right. And I was going to, Justice or Ed, do you guys have like red flag words that when you stand out, you're like, hmm, why do I think that? Or, you know, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I think I do in in kind of like the should, like like if you feel, if I feel that I'm supposed to do something, Mm -hmm. like, well, why am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to do that because someone expects me to? Am I supposed to do that because it's culturally appropriate? You know, like why, why am I supposed to do a certain thing. Why am I supposed to react a certain way? So kind of like just like the should. It's that's kind of something I've noticed within myself is, you know, when something happens or whatever, I I kind of say to myself like, well, I'm supposed to do this. Well, who's making the rules? You know, goes back to the challenging authority. Why am I supposed to do that? So that's kind of been something I've been aware of. Kind of you know just take it with a grain of salt when your brain tells you that. Mm-hmm. Well. Spend a second to kind of think about why am I supposed to do that? And sometimes, yeah, maybe I go with that. That's a real thing. But sometimes I don't.
0: Folks, what we're I hope what you're taking away from this, listeners, is we're just asking you to think. We we've taken on some good questions about thinking. You know, challenging authority. It's all made up. Am I supposed to do that? Sometimes the answer is yeah. Social norms exist for a reason, and this particular social norm exists for a useful thing, and it would be smart and wise for me to engage with the social norm because it's going to be beneficial for everybody, me included. I might not like thinking I'm supposed to do it or I should do it. If I walk away from supposed and should into how is it useful, it's like, oh, okay, there's a reason it exists.
2: You're making up your own mind.
0: Yeah, you're making up your own mind. That's a good point, Val. I w- just encourage our listeners, if you're listening to us, you're smart enough to think about this I know that from the feedback I've gotten Mm -hmm. just think about it create some of your own flags so that you interrupt the machine and its pattern seeking
2: run your own machine instead of letting your machine run you
0: it's a good point run your own machine instead of letting your machine run you and run your own show could be topic into itself justice is kind of scraped the top of the run your own show concept there of why should I says who I don't know about this there's some power in running your own show, though. It's There's a reason people do that. Successful people have a tendency to run their own show. Now, running your own show might mean you agree with and go along with the construct as it is. That might be great, but you chose to do that so you're still running your own show because you're engaging with the social norm because it makes sense. Sometimes the social norm is totally and crazy and and I don't know why we continue to go along with it. One of the things in my research and my experience that kind of goes with this and i think this is a great launching off point to go from one place to the next is income and wealth inequality there are some things that just exist because of our belief systems and the patterns create this distribution it's called a pareto distribution where more keeps going to a smaller amount in any human production or creative endeavor there's going to be this outsized distribution where basically one percent end up with half of everything that's a short story but why haven't we stopped and thought about what causes these things one of the things is efficiencies efficiencies and systems so if you're the person who engages with the system because of your beliefs and the patterns you seek you become more efficient than somebody else you're gonna get an advantage in the distribution of the resource and it's going to be a exponential advantage where you get more times 2 times 4 times 8 rather than plus 2 plus 4 plus 8 why is that even good there have been reasons why it was good in the past. Why is it good now? There, it's worth talking about. We're not going to talk about it right now. as we're thinking about of, can I make a different choice to engage with the social norm so that I'm not exacerbating the income distribution, understanding that if I have a belief system of abundance in the world, I can seek the patterns that provide me with abundance without it having to be me amassing resources unto myself. And I'm just one person, so that's something i'm working on right now is how i can rethink this idea this pattern this belief system i don't know how successful i'll be but i know that if i hold tight to my belief and start looking for those patterns to say that wealth inequality and income distribution can be changed at least i can start finding those patterns to make a difference and like we talked before about i can be influenced by others others can be influenced by me at least i have a shot at acting out some behaviors and patterns that somebody else might witness and start saying hey Maybe we can actually do something about this. I'm a bit of an idealist, and I think I think there's a reason things happen the way they happen, and I think sometimes it's just an unexamined thing. And if just enough people start examining it, it's going to have a momentum of its own. So that's the specific that's example for me. Of, like,
2: let's start creating some new patterns. You know, like just because it, maybe it's a pattern that I don't know. Nobody speaks when they're on an elevator, if that's a, you know. And if you start speaking to people or smiling at people or whatever, that can become the pattern.
0: Right. You got it. And that's actually a good example because think about that, that frequency and significance when it comes to speaking on the elevator. It might be significant, so you've got that on your side, which is mm-hmm. people get people to notice, but how often do you get a chance to be on the elevator to talk to people? You have a frequency issue. And when it comes to building new habits and new patterns, frequency trumps significance. Because if it's significant once, it might be enough to make a change. It could be, but a frequency of a small significance is gonna move you more than you realize.
2: But it's, so, to use the elevator thing too, is they've done tons of experiments with this, and if people, if someone gets on an elevator and the person is facing the back, and there's nobody else and just one person on there, then most people when they get on the elevator, they'll face the same way as that other person because they'll think that that person knows something they don't. Or if it's just one person who gets on and they face the wrong way, like there's research that it makes everybody else on the elevator incredibly uncomfortable. Yep. Like it gets their cortisol going and they get stressed because they're like, what's happening here? Yes. Why is this person breaking the pattern?
0: Right, well, so that leads to, to me an interesting thought, and then we'll go to Justice and Ed on this too, is so the experiment shows that if I face the wrong way on the elevator, it causes a way to feel. hmm. But is the experiment last for 10 years? Does anybody go on the elevator for 10 years solid, facing the wrong way? Right. If you're in the one office building and you work there for 10 years, you'll probably get known as the guy who faces the wrong way. And it's not weird anymore right? because it fits the pattern of what this guy does. Now, what happens if you can kind of like get another person to go along with you? It's like, hey, let's do this deliberately in order to influence behavior. How long does it take? over repetition over time for you and somebody else to band together to create a new social norm and we all start doing it differently. And so you can come to this building and it's going to be this way. You go to the other building, it's going to be a different way. I don't know if that experiment's ever been done. I don't know if anybody's done a long-term experiment on elevator behavior and if I can actually influence it to make it change over time. I jack around with my patterns deliberately so that I can get this machine to do different things because I know how powerful it is. So those are some of our examples. So Ed, just kind of jump in here, I guess I guess the way to look at it is, what do you want your list? What do you want our listeners to walk away from from your point of view?
3: I would say, my understand what you need for yourself. Don't let anyone else set your pattern. Like you, I'm also someone who's always going and trying doing things a little bit different than I did before, just to see what the result might be. It might be it might be better. It might be worse. You know, I might. Try this little adjustment to my route to work or, you know, what, what time I take my break, things like that. Just always looking for ways to do something a little different just to see, hey, maybe I might learn something here. Maybe I won't. I might learn that, you know, the way I was doing it all along was the, was the best way for me. Or I might find that I found a, a newer, better way for myself. All right. You have to balance it. You have to understand your, your patterns that if they work for you use, use them you know go with them but if, if it's not working for you don't be afraid to, to step out and, and look for another answer
0: even even the habit of doing a small difference regularly incorporating that into your belief system and your patterns of adjusting your patterns on a small point i don't know if people would realize that adjusting yourself is a skill by repeating it often on a small level that just keeps that skill at least accessible which is a big deal because sometimes things happen outside of you that you need, that it would be smart to adjust to. And if you haven't practiced even on small little things, adjusting your patterns, wow, that's a lot of heavy lifting in an uphill battle. But if you've practiced adjusting break time, I do that too. Some of the work I've done, it's like time of day might matter. So let me adjust my schedule so I can interact during time of day to see what happens. Going to and from work, it's, let me try this direction, this direction, this street, that street, because I might find that one or two things that just make things a little better than I never would have thought. And those small things add up over time. So listeners, that's a great point. I like to think in big ways. Ed is also really good at thinking in the the day-to-day, the step-to-step, the chip-chip-chip way uh, of doing things. I've witnessed that over time. Justice from your point of view, what what would you like for our listeners to to come away with?
1: Yeah, building on what both of you have said, and all three of you really have said for the listeners out there, be ready if you're going to mess with your patterns. Be ready to be uncomfortable because changing those little things. I'm I'm a person where I like to get a, to work on a, you know a very certain time. There's certain things I like to do in a specific order. The desk at work is organized very specifically. Go so lunch at the same time but I do mess with those things. It's uncomfortable. You know, sometimes it's not fun because the way my brain works, I like things to be a certain way. But by putting yourself through those uncomfortable situations, as Ed said, maybe you're going to find a better way. Maybe you're going to come out just more flexible of a person. You know, you're going to be able to go with the flow a little bit better. You're going to be able to be ready for different situations because if you're putting yourself through these uncomfortable things, well, life's not going to cooperate with your activities and the way you want it all the time so by putting yourself through these things maybe it's going to equip you with some other things in life
0: yeah the flexibility mm-hmm. right so listeners what what we're really talking about here i think as i, I kind of wrap this up this con- piece of the conversation is what we mean by pattern seeking belief machines is there's really nothing in that other than recognize there's reasons for it You can do more research it's easy to find on the psychology of it why it exists why it's beneficial and how it comes to be just know that it's there so that with that awareness of knowing that it's there there are things that you can do with that to run your own show one of the things is deliberately messing with your patterns one thing that can happen from that is learning something new to make life better but another thing you can learn from that is having the skill of adaptability because the world's unpredictable our economy is going to be different in just a couple years than it is right now most of you listening to me right now the way you're earning a living today will not be the way you're earning a living soon i think we have enough data to show that the way our economy is evolving things are going to be different changing your what you eat for lunch changing your break time changing the way you go to work just these little small changes getting used to being flexible in your patterns that's going to pay off in the long run being flexible as life changes means oh i can recognize i need to change my patterns or adjust my beliefs or Change my pattern to meet my belief. That's going to be a useful skill. And bottom line, in keep showing up. Do this regularly. Show up where you are, when you are. Practice these little things. It might sound a little weird today, but you'll notice. It will happen sooner, It'll happen sooner than you realize. Not as soon as you hope, but sooner than you realize. So you're a pattern-recognizing belief machine, like we've talked about before. It's all made up. Work on those beliefs. Have your own vision. Seek out those patterns that support the world that you want to live in. Recognize that other people can influence yours. Recognize you're influencing others. Just think. So until next time, keep showing up and have a great week. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you were able to get something from this episode that you can implement right away. We'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for our contact info. Have a great week and keep showing up.